Today is the fourth Sunday in Advent. The Gospel reading appointed for this day is from St. John's Gospel, the first chapter, beginning with the 19th verse. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then, are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. What is your confession? It is not just a matter of what you affirm. It is also what you reject. It's not just about what you approve. It is also a matter of what you deny. This is why, when we hear the words of, of St. John, the Apostle and Evangelist, as he wrote thus by inspiration of the Holy Spirit concerning St. John the Baptist, now this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, but did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. St. John knew who he was, therefore he also knew who he was not. This seems like it should not be that hard of a thing to understand, really. But people get confused on this point all the time. It is a matter of vocation. We are always affirming who we are and who we are not. Who we are is a matter of relationship, and those relationships are defined by titles. We're, we see this affirmed in the table of duties in the small catechism. We are fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, workers. We are citizens and magistrates. We are pastors and laymen. Who we are is a checklist of affirmation and denial. Some of these things change. Men and women are married and become husband and wife. Laymen are ordained and become pastors. But other things do not. Men are men and women are women. The Jews, we are told, sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask St. John, Who are you? We understand that this inquiry came from the Pharisees. For St. John affirms that though it was priests and Levites who came, they were sent from the Pharisees. They had heard what, of what John was doing. St. Luke wrote of the specific circumstances when St. John began to preach and baptize. For we read in the third chapter, Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea, and the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, while Annas and Sapphira were high priests. The word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
in the midst of all that was transpiring in the realm of politics, with the complicated relationship between Herod, Pilate, Philip, Licinius, Annas, and Caiaphas, with their wrangling for domination and power politics, the authority which mattered was that which was bestowed upon St. John, for the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And it was then, around the Jordan, that he was preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. John did not just call them to repentance. He preached a baptism of repentance for the remission, that is, the forgiveness, of sins. We'll return to this point. The priests and Levites who were sent to John came with their three questions. Who are you? Are you Elijah? And are you the prophet? The first was a direct attempt to see whether St. John would claim to be the Christ. That is why he replied to them, I am not the Christ. The other two questions are caught up in the confusions of the doctrine of the Jews. For some imagined that the promise of the Elijah who was to come would be the same Elijah who was carried up to heaven in a chariot of fire. This is why John tells them that he is not Elijah. Instead, he is Elijah who is to come, but not the one that they were looking for. In fact, I suspect that this question was intended as a trap, for the priests and Levites knew John was the son of Zecharias and Elizabeth. Perhaps they imagined they would trap him in an overt lie. The question whether John was the prophet was, again, connected with the Messiah because the Christ is the promised one. This is a specific point, not just a general question about whether or not John was a prophet. John was, in short, more than a prophet, but he was not the prophet. Who is John? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John does not hesitate to declare that his ministry is that which was foretold by the prophet Isaiah, for this is the ministry to which he was called in the wilderness. John affirms what is true and denies what is false. He claims nothing more nor less than what is true and does not trouble himself with the way in which Jerusalem will respond. After all, St. Luke records, even in dealing with the multitudes who came out for baptism, then he came, saw the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him. Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. John preached that there is a need for repentance. For those who came out in the wilderness might still cling to the notion that they were more worthy based on their having come to John and based on their status as sons of Abraham according to the flesh. St. John teaches that being a child of Abraham is not a matter of genetics or family lineage, but of faith. So, too, the baptism of John is not simply a human right, but it is a baptism for the remission of sins. The Pharisees were very concerned by John's baptism, for we read, Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? It is not that they're questioning the fact that baptism is taking place, but how is it that he baptizes 
if he is not from their authority, nor is the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. Baptism was not something unknown to the Jews. In fact, a scholar uh, in his book, Infant Baptism in the First Four Centuries, Joachim Jeremias, observes that Jews at that time were carrying out what were called proselyte baptisms of Gentiles who converted to Judaism. In fact, when Gentiles converted, the whole household received proselyte baptism. And Jeremias' words, and I quote, when Gentiles adopted the Jewish faith, it was completely taken for granted that at the same time the children also, including even the very young children, should be received into the Jewish faith. The oldest rabbinic sources, the Tainitic tradition, traditions, give numerous instances of the reception of small Gentile children and babies into the Jewish faith. For the girls, the act of admission was baptism. For the boys, it was preceded by circumcision, which, in certain circumstances, had to be administered as early as the day of birth. End of quote. The question of the Pharisees, then, becomes one of jurisdiction. They were saying, in essence, well, if you weren't claiming to be the Christ or Elijah or the prophets, and we didn't send you out, why are you baptizing? Who authorized you to baptize? And, one might ask, in, the, in light of the idea of a proselyte baptism, why are you baptizing Jews? The Pharisees seemed utterly clueless concerning that which Holy Scripture affirms concerning John. That is, that he is the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. They can only think of their own authority and care little for the fulfillment of the word. But we read, John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Therefore, we see that John baptizes with water for the remission of sins. Baptism is for the remission of sins, beginning with the baptism of John. Here, then, we consider the argument from the lesser to the greater as John affirms that he is not worthy to loose the Christ's sandal strap, and yet John's baptism with water is for the remission of sins, how great then is the consolation of holy baptism, as the apostles were commanded to baptize all nations. St. Paul wrote to the Romans, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And St. Peter, in his first epistle, affirms that baptism now saves us. For it is, as St. Peter declared on the day of Pentecost, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. St. John cries out in the wilderness as the divinely appointed voice. What does he cry out? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is our consolation in Christ Jesus. 
We were as the flower of the field, with the surety of fading away. But we have been baptized into Christ Jesus, into his death and resurrection, so that we would have the hope of eternal life. We thus affirm that which the word of the Lord teaches us concerning this hope. For Christ Jesus suffered and died to make atonement for our sins. When we celebrate the birth of the Christ child, we rejoice in all that which is ours through faith in him. We have been baptized into his death and resurrection, for he rose again on the third day, the hope of all who have their faith in him. We hear the words of St. Paul in the appointed epistle today, from Philippians, the fourth chapter, where he declares, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. We have such cause to rejoice because of the salvation which the Lord has established. St. Paul proclaims, The Lord is at hand. And we know that it is so, for he is present with us in his word, in absolution, in baptism, in the body and blood of the Christ in the Lord's Supper. And on the last day, the Lord will return, an advent in glory, to gather his church to himself forever. The traditions of men can almost obscure the meaning of Advent and Christmas. It is thus that the word is proclaimed each year to call our hearts and minds back to that which the Lord has made known to us. The one whose way St. John the Baptist prepared, the one who was born in Bethlehem, and who died and rose again in Jerusalem, is our life. Into Christ Jesus we have been baptized. We who were unclean and unworthy on account of our sin have the righteousness of Christ credited to us, so that we are now at peace with God. Amen. Let us pray. Stir up, O Lord, we beseech thee, thy power, and come and help us with thy great might, that by thy grace whatsoever is hindered by our sins may be speedily accomplished through thy mercy and satisfaction, who lives and reigns with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. Sunday school is available for all ages at 9.30 a.m. We also invite you to join us for our Christmas Eve program at 7 p.m. and for the Divine Service on Christmas Day at 10 a.m. Salem was located approximately two miles north of Malone off of FM 308. For more information on these broadcasts or about Salem Lutheran Church, you may visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are provided to the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.